Yemunla, you're listening to Karakarama EV, Karakarama, the English version. Karakarama is a podcast about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. I'm your host, Patra M, and you are about to listen to an episode dedicated to the first Conchelle International Film Festival that was held online from May 21st to May 23rd of 2021. If you've been following Caracaramo, then you know the podcast was a media partner of the first Conchelle International Film Festival. So the past few episodes were a mini-series highlighting Caribbean filmmakers whose films were selected at the CSIFF. I attended the festival last week. I had such a great time and I met so many great people. And this is exactly what today's episode is about. I invited Magali Colimon-Christopher, the founder of the Conchell International Film Festival, to talk about the festival and her passion to motivate others to create. She's an actress. She's currently playing Antoinette Pierre in the Netflix series Grand Army. But she's just not an actress. She's a playwright, she's a director, she's a producer, she's an artistic director and the founder of Conchelle Productions. She's amazing and so inspiring. I hope you will enjoy our discussion. Welcome Magali. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for inviting me. And thank you so much for being our media partner. Well, you know, this is something very special because you're the first guest ever on Caru Keramo. So it's really meaningful. And it's meaningful also because you're Haitian American. The Haitian community really supported the podcast because there's the first comment I've ever gotten on the English version of the podcast was from, well, I don't know if he was Haitian or Haitian American. I think he's Haitian American. And there's also Richard Senecal, filmmaker from Haiti. And my episode four was on his film Barricade with Fabian Colas. And uh, he, he listened to it and he retweeted my tweet. And so there was uh, a lot of likes from Asian people all around the world. So that's shout out to Haiti because really, <laughs> really you guys, you get me going <laughs> with this English version because sometimes, uh, sometimes I, I'm not sure if people actually listen to the podcast and everything. So when I get comments or likes, then I know at least there's someone, one person listening, so it feels good. So um, today we're here to talk about the Conchelle International Film Festival that you created. My first question would be, how did you come up with this idea? Because the reason I accepted to be a media partner was because you really wanted Caribbean voices to be heard. Usually in film festivals, it's always Caribbean and African voices or Caribbean and something else. But I don't think I've ever come across a film festival that would openly say this is for Caribbean people, Caribbean diaspora only. So I was wondering, how did you come up with this idea? 
As you said before, I'm Haitian American. And as a Haitian American artist, I struggled many years with feeling that I had a place in my industry, film or theater, that I could identify myself for who I am, which is a bicultural individual, as opposed to just Black American or African American. And in my journey as an artist, I never felt like I belonged anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. But I knew who I was. I just didn't belong in the structures that existed. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated from Yale School of Drama, I was given a Fox grant to do research. And the intention of my research was to discover the voices of people of color in the UK. Right? Because I felt there must be some writing that I can identify with, and all the people of color there all traveled to be there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there was no slavery in the UK, at least not, you know, between 17, uh, whenever they started, 1600 to like, they, they did all the slavery in the Caribbean and the, and, the, and the New World. So they chose to be there. So maybe they've made a niche for themselves that I can identify with. And I was taught there's no such thing as people of color and that they're people of ethnic specificity. So you have Pakistani Brit, you have Jamaican Brit, you have Trinidadian Brit, you have, uh, you have Nigerian Brit, you don't have people of color. And that was exciting for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I was reading the works of people like Winsome Pinnock and in her plays, she was talking about being bicultural. I had never seen a play I mean, I, I, I've Plantanos, and um, there's a play called, uh, I think it was a play written by a Puerto Rican playwright that explored the relationship by the African-American and a Puerto Rican woman. And I think it was called um, Black Beans and Plantanos or something like that. And, but it was, there aren't enough works that expose the way we think about the world and the way we view our existence in the environments that we live in. And so after that experience in Great Britain, I came back feeling empowered because my writing has always been about the world from the viewpoint of someone who's Haitian American, right? It's informed by who I am because you write what you know. And I am really grateful to all the people who taught me to write what, what, what I know, with, not in a classroom setting, but by just waking me up that it's okay that I don't see myself in their work. I should just write what I know. So after that, I I came back and I was focused on my output as an artist, writing plays and, 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 and one of my plays, well, a few of my plays, one of my plays was a semi-finalist in the Princess Grace writing competition. And another play was a semi-finalist in the Eugene O'Neill National Playwrights Conference. And, and, and I started, and I'm a film maker. In addition to being an actress, I've, 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 written, directed, and produced short films in a web series, and always infusing it with my multicultural viewpoint. Then in 2018, I presented my play, The Hunting Season, at a festival at the Planet Connections Theater Festivity. And it was a play basically looking at the effect of police brutality on a Haitian family and how they used 
you know, the spirits and, and, and prayer and voodoo to try to find a way to imagine a world where this son who's born in this family won't be a victim of police brutality, even though the mother has had a premonition that he will be killed, right? Mm-hmm. And so the audience was so excited. I didn't care if the audience would be excited. I was like, this is a play I need to produce because this is very important because mm-hmm. racism, systemic racism, had been a constant in my awareness of the world for decades. Mm. But then when I heard how the Haitian artists, because my play had Haitian Creole in it, they were so excited to finally have a play written by their own people that spoke true to their, to their, to who they are, as opposed to someone on the outside writing about us. Mm. I was like, okay, I have to create a space for us. Mm. And so I, I founded Conchelle Productions. And so Conchal Productions is the producing entity of Conchal International Film Festival. Mm. So we were founded in 2018 and as a result of this event, and then I produced the Hear Her Call Caribbean American Women's Theater Festival. That's something that happens in March. The last event was March, 2020. Mm-hmm. That was our second year. The, right on the very weekend when Governor Cuomo shut down New York till everybody is shut in shelter in place. That's when our festival took place. Okay. <laughs> okay. So from then on, we transitioned onto virtual theater. And mm-hmm. as I was producing theater online, I, I've always wanted to found a film festival. I had founded a film festival when I was an adjunct professor at St. Francis College in Brooklyn. It's the St. Francis Women's Film Festival, and it's still going on. But I co-founded it the, the, and we, I, when I was working there. And I always wanted to just do my own film festival for my community. But prior to the shutdown, the, the financing of that kind of endeavor was daunting for me. Mm-hmm. But because of COVID-19 bringing everything online, and because I had the pleasure of being a panelist in the PTAF Film Festival during COVID-19 summer 2020, I discovered the platform Mm filmocracy.com. So the seed was planted in 2020. And as I was developing my season for 2021 and our theme at Contract Productions is the hero Shiro story, I said, now's the time to do a film festival. And the question then became, because our mission at Conchal Productions is to highlight the voice of the Caribbean diaspora, right? Mm. Be- and because we're doing theater, it was, there was no fiscal way to include the Caribbean. So we just focused on Caribbean diaspora so that we could do the work of people from all the Caribbean who live in outside of the Caribbean in the United States. And if you mm. can come from Canada, feel free. But with this virtual, film festival platform, I was able to grasp the possibility of bringing the Caribbean into our event. And so I needed to create, the the bomb that I'm looking to create overall is a bomb that will allow our voice to be supported by a financial infrastructure that is fed into by all people of Caribbean heritage, right? And so that was my inspiration for a film festival that featured not just the Caribbean voice, but the Caribbean diaspora, because we are everywhere. 
we are so everywhere that I went to Iceland in 2015 and in their guidebook, there is a Haitian coffee shop. And Magali went to the Haitian coffee shop <laughs> and had some Haitian coffee and met the Haitian woman who runs the Haitian coffee. I was like, oh, sac passe. She was like, oh, ma boule, oui. You know, it's like, it was just like, okay, I'm Haitian American. You're Haitian Icelandic because you live here. Mm-hmm. She, she had married an Icelandic man. And they founded this coffee shop and they sold Haitian coffee. And she sold Haitian pa- pastries, which I can't eat because I'm gluten intolerant. But mm-hmm. every day I was there, I went there for a cup of coffee. Aww. Because I was like, I am going to support mm-hmm. you. Not that she cares who I am because she'll never remember me. But for me, it meant something to see that we are indeed a diaspora. Mm-hmm. And we have contributed everywhere. And all of the Caribbean has contributed everywhere. Yes, 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 So why isn't our voice in cinema? Why is it that we're we're niched to the point where we're practically not fundable? So we need to be Caribwood. I I have been saying that before, Caribwood. We need to to, to claim our space. Mm Because we're telling stories that are influenced by ethnic identity, yes, but indeed we're telling stories that many people will identify with. Yes. There's an audience for that. The same way there's an audience for Nollywood. You know, I'm not Nigerian. Okay, I'm not Kenyan. I'm not from South Africa, but I'm watching those movies because I can identify. And so there, there are many of us on this planet throughout South Africa, throughout the North American continent, throughout Europe, throughout Asia, we're there. So that's why I founded it because we need, I, 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 I had gone to other festivals and they were very specific, you know, about the nation that they represent. And I'm like, but how are we gonna be empowered if we're becoming so niche that we're just focused on Haitian cinema, Jamaican cinema, Trinidadian cinema. We need to put all our money together to build our cinema, our multilingual cinema, you know? Yes, I totally get it. And that's exactly (laughs) why I created Caracaramo. Because in France, Caribbean cinema isn't considered as real cinema. (laughs) 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 So I... I needed to see for myself exactly what was the cinema that we created and that we are creating. If I wanted to do that in the early 2000s, it would have been more difficult because the platforms, the streaming platforms weren't as developed as today. So I think it was the right time Mm -hmm. to do it. I guess it's the right time to tell people how we got to know each other. When you wanted to create the, the festival, I guess you were looking for media partners. So you sent me an email and you said that, I think it was in the object, you said uh, it's, it was Carrie Ann Br- Car- Brown from... Yeah, Carrie Ann Brown. Brown. Reed Brown. Carrie Ann Reed Brown from Carrie Ann Friends. She's Karen. amazing. She's amazing. Yes. So she recommended me to you and that's how you contacted me that's how it happened yes 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 
Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Caribbean Reed Brown is like the queen of Caribbean podcast. She Car- Caribbean diaspora. Caribbean diaspora, yes. And she created this um, directory for Caribbean podcast. And you, you go over there and you can check out podcasts from everywhere in the Caribbean. And Caricamo is over there too. And yeah, she, she helps connecting Caribbean people from everywhere in the world. And it's really great. And, and the site is called Breadfruit Media. Breadfruit Media. Yeah, it's her company. To, she produces her podcast and other podcasts too. She has a network of podcasts yes. now. So yes. She, yes. Yeah, she's really helping to push forward this movement of Caribbean voices getting bigger and louder. Yeah, so that's how we met. Yes. And we had a discussion. And then I don't remember, did you ask me directly to, to moderate a panel? Because I remember reading your email and thinking, wait, it's not what we talked about, but she has, she's, asked, she's asking me to moderate a panel, but it's, it's not what we talked about. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember exactly. So do you remember? Yeah, I followed up with asking you to moderate a panel because I really did a deep dive into your podcast and I really, really loved your voice. I loved your style of interview. I loved the viewpoints you were bringing because I felt a strong alignment with your mission to increase the visibility and the discoverability of our voices. And I was discovering music artists and film artists, Caribbean and Caribbean diaspora artists I'd never heard of on your podcast. And I really, I needed to have your voice as part of our panel conversation because what you brought bringing the French and the English community together is part of our mission. It's not just the English speaking or the French speaking or the Spanish speaking community. We have to come together in our multilingual, way and your podcast uh, gives entry to two communities right now and a lot of spanish-speaking people may feel like what about me but they can understand a little bit of french i hope and you know it's like we can only do as much as we can but i love that haitian people can listen to your podcast and 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 jamaican people can listen to your podcast and trini people can listen to martiniquez and guadalupian and all these that, that that's a lot of the islands right there Okay, so I was so grateful and people in Canada, English Canada, French Canada, so many people can learn from you. So that's why I said, you know, I need to talk to her about moderating a panel because she's really awesome. And then you said in English. (laughs) I was like, yes, because our audience is English speaking. I'm sorry. And you are so phenomenal. You, I mean, oh, it was an amazing panel. It was an amazing panel. So Thank informative, you. so enlightening. And you know, I can't wait to share it with the community. We're going to be providing access to the 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 podcast the the panels that we had at Conchal International Film Festival via on demand and Vimeo. It's going to be a very nominal fee to view each of the panels, but every panel is going to be jam packed with. It's like you're going to be going to grad school. 
grad school for the filmmaker, grad school for the film artists. It's, it's, it's gems were being dropped by these awesome people that I really want our nations to grab onto and thrive from. So I'm really appreciative of your willingness to jump on in the English speaking panel <laughs> moderating role. <laughs> yeah, so what I really loved about uh, your festival were the panels and you had uh, about 10 panels, I think, maybe eight or 10. We had eight, well, including the plenary session and the artist chat, we had 10 panels. Yeah, yeah 10, yes. nine panels. Yeah. So uh, how did you come up with uh, with who who would do a panel and the topics that were discussed? My mission was to disrupt the, the lack mindset, mm. the ca I cannot mindset mm. that might be or I've been told does lurk in the Caribbean culture. For as far as filmmaking is concerned, the I don't have the resources, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know. Mm. I wanted to disrupt that. I also wanted to disrupt the sense that it's not possible without millions of dollars. So I curated the panels with that goal to shake up the, mm. the, the, the bondage of I cannot that is affecting the, the, the um, burgeoning indie filmmaker. And then the conversations I was having with people I was meeting, I was not wrong in thinking that that mindset exists. And the, 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 the vision for everyone is the hope that we can destroy that mindset. We can open the endless possibility mm -hmm. mindset and make things accessible to the indie filmmaker. Yes. And um, yeah, and I am ever so grateful for all the people who came on board. And I mean, the, each panelist brought so much passion to the way they structured their panel. It's like, we all knew this is important. Mm. This is vital. And, and um, I feel blessed. And appreciative and when you see these panels when you watch them you're gonna say oh my goodness they really care about us they really want things to change and they've provided me with you know not like a recipe but they provided me with a road and I can take it mm -hmm. if I'm bold if I'm willing and it's not beyond my reach it's just outside my door I just have to open the door you know Yeah. Because it's like whenever I see films by amazing filmmakers like Raoul Peck, right? Mm -hmm. You see he's financed by, by, by the French government and French distribution companies. And, and you feel like, oh, that's the only way I can succeed. And my question is, is that really? Is that really? And these panels proved, no, that's not, mm, no, mm -hmm. that's not the only way. And um, these experts who are the panelists They know what they're talking about. So that was my goal. And so I am really appreciative to Carrie Ann Brown. 
I'm appreciative to Rachel LeBlanc, who was our marketing consultant, who introduced me to a number of the, the panel moderators who brought on their community of experts to change the narrative in our community throughout the world. Yes, mm -hmm. you can is the narrative that we created. And I've been to a number of festivals where they're jam packed with panels and those are my favorite festivals. So there are two kinds of film festivals, right? Mm -hmm. The film festival that celebrates the film, the film festivals that celebrates the film and the process of being a filmmaker. And that's what I wanted this film festival to be, to give you the tools to continue your journey if you're already an indie filmmaker or give you the tools if you're about to step on the road of being an indie filmmaker or to give you the tools if you're a student dreaming of being an indie filmmaker. Three different demographics. Yes, that's, I felt it like, I felt so inspired during that, these three days. Mm. And, um, and when I was talking with the, uh, the filmmakers in at the after party or during the informal meet and greet the fact that i was talking to them and i felt the energy and the connection and it felt great it felt amazing that's how i managed to stay awake until 3 a.m <laughs> well more like 4 a.m for the after party <laughs> That structure was inspired by ABFF. I attended ABFF when it was in Acapulco in 1999, in 2000. And that's how they structured their festival. They created spaces for the, the filmmakers to interact, mm -hmm. for, the, for, the, for the artists and the industry experts to interact with the audience. Right. That's why I made sure that we had after parties mm -hmm. so that if you're attending, you could literally meet a filmmaker and ask questions. And that's what I did. And I was meeting amazing film experts and directors and and, and writers and and actors and asking questions. And they were showering me with blessings. Mm -hmm. So that was why it was so important for us to have the after party. We had an amazing DJ. Yes. DJ Q nice. Yes, yes, yes. Because, you know, we need music. We're Caribbean people. We need yes. music. But the fact of the matter is the platform allowed you to bring down the volume so you could have a conversation mm. that could literally alter your life. So I was highly inspired by the my predecessors, or not just my predecessors, because American Black Film Festival is still existing, but my experiences in these film festivals that were catered to people who need community, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Who are pushed out of the white, primarily white community. We need to come together was their mindset. And I wanted to bring that to the Caribbean diaspora and the Caribbean. We need to come together. And because of that experience, I came together with artists that I still have relationships with. So that's my goal, so that everyone who met this year will, will meet again another year, meet again, will connect and want to work together and support each other to make our voice as visible to the world as it is important to us.
right? Yes. Yes. So what would be three highlights of the festival for you? I'll give you mine after. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> three highlights for films. Mm -hmm. The films. I felt so blessed by the films that were submitted because they fit my, what I was dreaming of. I love experimental film. I love narrative film. I love, I love film, period. Mm -hmm. But the creativity of the film artists, pushing the boundaries on storytelling, that's my passion. And, and it, you know, as I go on this journey, I don't think I'm, as I go on this journey, I'm discovering, I'm discovering what the Caribbean diaspora and the Caribbean voice is. Mm -hmm. And as I discover it, I find what we have in common. And message-driven, life-awakening, rooted, spiritually deep work. That's what we got. And so that excited me because you, I, I, we have had many panel discussions of what the Caribbean diaspora voices, what is a Caribbean American voice? And because there's nothing documenting what that is per se, because they, they could talk about the Caribbean voice, but they're not talking about the diaspora voice. Mm -hmm. And it's highly influenced by our roots. Even if you are fifth generation, third generation, that familial pass down informs us. So that's one highlight. The other highlight, of course, we were just talking about the panels. I was going to school at the panels. I was taking notes. I was literally videotaping and having to share with the audience because I'm like, okay, okay, I got to share this now because this is so juicy. And, and I was inspired to rethink my, my, my business model. <laughs> that's important. Absolutely. The, the marketing panel that we had, discoverability and visibility, I was like, oh, never thought about that. I'm forever learning. I mean, I have an MBA, but, you know, this world that we're in, sometimes you get really caught up with our creative vision and we lose focus on really maintaining a business structure that will allow us to survive without depending on donations. And they were dropping pearls and I grabbed the pearls and put in my pocket and they're, you know, those pearls are like glistening now. Um, and the people, the people, the people, the people touched my heart. They were, they were a community, you know? Mm -hmm. So my, my vision was to build our community and we were blessed by beautiful spirits that you want to have in your community forever. So those were the three highlights for me. Okay, so I'll give you mine. So of course, first highlight, my panel. <laughs> 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 because uh, I swear to you, like I was telling you earlier, it, it's been raining every day in France for the past two weeks. And it's like a stormy weather. And I was so afraid that my internet would get cut off. And the connection was lost at one point early in the panel. So you jumped in. <laughs> and then it was okay. So I came back and things 
went smoothly. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous because I really hoped I didn't have, like my internet would cut off and things like that. And uh, my second highlight was also the inspiration I had from all the panels. And I was really, how do I say that? Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm currently moving out of my old house and I was going through my boxes and I found my first script that I wrote when I was 14. Oh my goodness. And I was like, oh my God, I've been writing for all this time because in my 20s, I went through a dark time and I had totally forgotten about writing and reading and everything. And I, I, I read the script, okay, it was bad. <laughs> But the thing is, I still managed to to write about slavery and the discourse around slavery, which is something I did with my first special edition in English, the discourse around slavery. So it was like, I've been at this for a long, long time, for like 20 years now. (laughs) And being at the festival made me remember, it made me realize that this is what I've always wanted to do. And this is what I will be doing from now on. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And um, and so the third the third highlight was my uh, discussion with um, with Keith. So Keith Randolph. I don't Smith. know. Yes, Keith so, Randolph Smith. He's a beautiful spirit. Yes, and it was really random. We had the lounge. And you could just sit at the table and then someone can come and you double click and you have the, um, the, the window pop up. And if the person turns the mic on and the camera on, then you can see each other and start talking. So it was on Sunday. So it was the last day. I knew I wouldn't be able to attend the last, um, the, the award ceremony. So I was thinking maybe there would be some filmmakers during the um, meet and greet, informal meet and greet. And he was there at a table. So I went, I was like, "Mm, I don't know who that is, but you know, (laughs) so I left and then I was like, you know, you know, you're not going to come back later. So just go say hi and see what, see how it goes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that in real life because I'm shy. So I was like, okay, let's try this. And so I went and I said, hi. And he say, hello. (laughs) And we started talking. And it was truly one of the best discussions I've ever had in my life. Because I spent many, many years looking for people who'd be as passionate as I am and who don't make me feel like I'm weird for being so passionate about these things. And we, we talked about so many things. And at some point I was like, I knew his face was familiar. And I was like, but what do you do? Are you an actor? So he just <laughs> said, yes, I'm an actor. 
<laughs> and he stopped there. And I, <laughs> there was a pause. And I was like, okay, so and we and we started talking again. And he was so humble. And that's really how I felt with everyone. They were so humble and down to earth. Yes. And they made me feel accepted in a way that I have never felt before. So really this weekend, the first edition, it really, it changed something. It, it was, I think it will be a milestone for me in my life because like you said, it was a community. I saw what a community feels like. Oh my gosh. Thank because you. Because in the past, I, I tried to find that. I, I wasn't, I was really into K-pop, Korean culture and everything. I was into fandoms and there was this sense of community, but I'm not Korean. At the end of the day, I'm not Korean. And there were people that were not Korean either. So we were just creating a community, but not with who we were really, not with our identity. And now, and, and during the festival, that's how I felt what it means to be a part of a community for the first time. And it's a great feeling. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That, that testimony makes me feel driven to continue. Yes. Because I'm sure there are so many other people, young filmmakers yes. who want to do things. And like you said, they're stuck in the mentality, I cannot do, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. And when you, when you get to find people who want to do things, then you get inspired and you just yes. go and do it. Yes. Yes. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. I felt that people were feeling that, but your testimony, yes, yes. God is good. <laughs> yes. So what would be, so we are talking about the highlights and how we felt about being there during the weekend. There's two sentences that really stayed on my mind during the festival. The first one was, uh, you should ask yourself, what do you do with your art to improve your community? And that was when he was during his masterclass. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you do to improve your community? And the second one, and it was how I got from all the panels, be bold and be real. That's that's the two things that, are, that, that I keep in my mind and that I keep telling myself since Sunday, what do you do to improve, to improve your community and be bold and be real? So you, yes, what would you say? What, what, which sentence maybe, which nuggets of wisdom would you like to share? Hmm. During the um, finance panel, I think I, I even quoted it on social media. Uh, I think Onif White said something and I, and I literally just typed it into my Instagram or my Facebook because I was like, you people need to read this. 
Uh, hold on, let me try and see if I can find it. But ultimately in the same line, you know, be bold. Do, don't, don't, don't ask to do, do. Yes. yes. And have no, make a difference in your community, right? Mm-hmm. So a number of the panelists were talking about the importance of community building and giving to fellow artists. And this industry can create this sense that it's all about me, it's all about me, but for us to thrive, if you walk into, in, in this world being all about you in this industry, best wishes to you. Mm. It's gotta be, cause this, this business that we're in is about bringing a bunch of people together to achieve something. And then as an indie artist, that means you don't have a huge budget to buy people's loyalty. Mm. So understand the impact you have on each other and give and take, give and take, give and take. Don't just take, don't just give. So reciprocity. Mm. So there's a constant conversation of reciprocity. And uh, during, the, uh, during the finance financing films panel, there were two of the panelists that were talking about, you inspired me. No, you inspired me. No, you inspired me. Right? Yeah. So give to each other is the major theme for us to thrive. And so when we had our final um, panel conversation about collaboration in the Caribbean, right? Mm -hmm. And apparently there there is a need for a film studio Right, so that when filmmakers, so that you can cr- build the business of film production in your nation, build a film studio so that it's not just about location based shooting mm-hmm. the beach, the sun, mm-hmm. the trees, the beach, this that that they can literally come and shoot in your studio and and change locations and stay in your country and contribute to your finances of the of the nation. And how different film commissions have different focus. And some film commissions are based in the tourism office. Some film commissions are based in the, in the business office for the government. And some, tur- some film um, commissions are based in the cultural office. So how when your film commissioner it has, has a certain mission that's influenced by the department that they're part of, that will influence how the film industry develops in Mm. that nation. And so as they're talking about particular nations and how they're developing, there's also the conversation of nations coming together. But if one nation gives to another, that that nation has to give back to the other nation. There has to be the constant reciprocity because in order to, to, to bridge those boundaries of distance and language, it can't be about all taking. And it's difficult. I mean, as human beings, they say, I'm not an expert on human psychology, but they say that we're intrinsically self-interested. But the film industry forces you, the indie film industry forces you to discover, no, I've got to be intrinsically community interested. Mm. Due to the finances that are limited. So, yeah. Those are my two, I mean, I've always known that, but I loved that it was being affirmed by the speakers, mm. by, the, by the panelists, that this, this is a focal point. Yes. 
Those, this is a focal point. And we can thrive. We can succeed because there are billions of dollars in the Caribbean. <laughs> There's a yes. lot of money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this perception of lack is fictitious. Some nations are, are more wealthy than others, but you come together and you create your own financing model. Right. Yes. So, but, you know, just like in the United States, every state has their own tax incentive. Every state has their own structure for supporting film. Every nation will have their own tax incentives or structure for supporting film production. Um, The the big concern is often having access to talent. Mm -hmm. And even if you're talking about filming in the United States, certain states are better for access to talent than others. So that's never going to stop being a conversation point from state to state in the United States. So of course it's going to be a challenge in the Caribbean, but it could be a challenge that's met. Mm. Right? Right. I think I answered your question. Did I answer your question? Yes, you answered the question. Okay. I was thinking that Eusanne Palsy, filmmaker from Martinique, uh, she was... uh, I mean, she, she works in the U.S. I had the and... pleasure of meeting her when I lived in L.A. She's a wonderful person, wonderful, yes. brilliant woman. And I think she wanted to create a film studio in Martinique, but she didn't get, she didn't get to do it. And... But eventually she will, I bet. Because I'm, sure. I'm sure with her passion, she's still striving, right? Yes. Um, and she's still inspiring people to join the campaign because that's how she is. And mm-hmm. just you saying that is going to, someone in Martinique is going to hear that and think, really, she did? And someone is like, yeah, really, she did. So let me go look into what she did. Let me see if I can build on what, you, you see, as long as you, as long as you keep the endeavors of the past in your forefront, you can, it can inform your endeavors of the future. If you know someone was trying, mm. that inspires you to, okay, I can try too, because times are different now. This is a different time. It was not the time then, but now is the time, mm. right? Yes. And it's all about timing in, in the world. As a human being, opportunities are all about when, when is, when, is it, when is it time to strike? Mm. But doesn't mean that the seed that came from the universe that landed in your head that inspired you to take action wasn't valid. It's just that that seed needs to be watered more and then it will grow. So hopefully you saying that will mean that someone will, will push, push for it to be watered again. It's, it's, it's like sleeping. It's like a bulb waiting to be reawakened. Yeah, I hope so. So now that the festival is over, what do you think? I mean, it, again, it was a great festival. I really enjoyed my time. But what do you think? Is there something that you think could be improved for next editions? And what are you... Well, maybe you already answered this question, but what are you the most proud of? No. What are you the proudest of? I think what could be improved for the next year is getting films with subtitles in three languages. Yes. Right? I loved your panel conversation about the importance of um, appealing to diverse markets by 
recognizing their different language needs. So that would be exciting to me. Um, and the possibility of that being the case was reaffirmed by a film festival called Real Abilities Film Festival. And that's a film festival for um, people of different abilities, different auditory, visual abilities. And so films are, there are three categories of films, films with subtitles for the ones who are, for audience members who are auditorily challenged. And then you have films that have audio description for the, for people who are visually challenged. Mm. I'm like, really? And so they recognize that they're different abilities. Mm. And if you want to have film be appealing to people of different abilities, you have to have the content with elements that allow them to have access. Mm. And I watched this film and, the, and, 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 and it was for people with visual, with various visual abilities and the description of the actions taking place were so vivid and beautiful. I felt like I was getting a new viewpoint on what the film was about just by having someone describing the mm -hmm. colors in the room and the people in the room and who is speaking. So that inspired me to imagine that yes, at some point our film festival because I remember, I think it was, um, it wasn't Pauline, it was um, Micheda, Micheda, who has a film festival in Grenada. Grenada. She was sharing how she asked people to have subtitles if the, their films are not in English and the challenge of filmmakers finding a way to finance doing that, mm -hmm. right? So my, my vision is that there will be a fund that Caribbean filmmakers can resource to get financing to have subtitles in three languages, right? Mm -hmm. So that's my vision. It's not maybe a fund that we create, but maybe it's a fund that the Caribbean film commissions can create that will empower the filmmaker of the Caribbean to have their content seen by a, a more diverse audience. Mm -hmm. Because that was a very important point that was brought up that it is expensive. And if you're an indie filmmaker with a tight budget and you have to put money towards marketing, because during our marketing conversation, they were talking about how a third of your budget should go to marketing. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, um, if you're having challenges with the budget, then hopefully just the way France and Canada, Canada's film commission have grants, hopefully the Canadian coalition can come up with grants that will allow filmmakers to access funding for people like Pauline to put subtitles in the three languages so that when you submit your film to international or Caribbean film festivals, you have those three languages. And you know, hopefully next year or the year after that, all our films will have, you'll be able to screen it mm -hmm. <laughs> in those three languages. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, that, that is my hope. And what, I, and what am I the most proudest of was the support of the community. People I did not know saying yes. I was proud of our ability to say yes to making a better future. Because, you know, there's this, this, this myth that we can't come together. It's a myth. And all the participants from the filmmakers to the production team, to our intern, to media partners, to 
sponsors. I mean, Final Draft sponsored our jury awards. Yes. I just went out on faith and, and approached sponsors left and right. And for me, Final Draft is a defining element in my process as a writer. And that was an affirmation that yes, yes, our community can be supported by other communities. And there, there is a, that everyone honors our right and, and need to have a space. Mm-hmm. So I am most proudest of how so many came together with heart and not getting paid. <laughs> you know, you know, I am so grateful to everyone being, being able to accept that this is our first year and treating it with the honor and respect that they would treat, you know, a Tribeca Film Festival. Mm. Yeah. That's, I, that's what I'm most proudest of because I can't do this alone. It won't succeed alone. Mm. And we proved that we stand together. Yeah. That's a beautiful statement. Mm-hmm. So my last question would be, where do you see the festival, let's say 10 years from now? This festival will be both online and in one of 28 Caribbean nations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to go throughout the Caribbean throughout the, or throughout the diaspora, right? Mm-hmm. We have the whole planet to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to support the economy mm-hmm. of a Caribbean nation that has the facilities necessary for us to screen films and for us to shoot so that our online viewers can have the same experience. Um, yeah, we could be anywhere. We could be in the United States, which is full of, a, of our diaspora. We could be in Canada, we could be in the Caribbean. Mm. So two spaces so that those of us who cannot afford the travel costs and the housing costs can mm. still be part of the experience and that it be an interactive platform I would love to continue with filmocracy.com because as you said, it was an experience that allowed even shy people to interact with strangers, right? In a way that they wouldn't be able to do face-to-face. So even if you are in the Caribbean and you're shy, you can still attend as long as you have Wi-Fi (laughs) and meet people, right? And it'll be our very complex production Mm. element, but that's what I want to see in 10 years as long as we get enough sponsors and donors to make it possible because it takes a lot of money to make film festivals occur and our film festivals will always have very important enlightening panel discussions that will make you come away with gems in your pocket to keep on your course Mm. or to find your way to the path, Mm. right? Mm. So... That's what I see in 10 years, having a lot of sponsor dollars, making our community um, feel like they have a place to go to school and a place to showcase their work and a place to celebrate the voice of people of Caribbean heritage. And not just the people of our community, the world who have no idea 
what what is a caribbean diaspora caribbean film voice i have no idea yeah you can come and celebrate with us it's not you know but we are celebrating ourselves thank you very much yes <laughs> yes 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 that's exactly what we do and yes. um, you know and this and this is how we are going to end You're the first person who really managed, no, who wasn't scared. No, yes, you're the first person who wasn't scared to say the word karukeramu. <laughs> oh, honey, I try. I really, I, I practice that. <laughs> I, I have been practicing how to pronounce your podcast because I messed it up a bunch of times. <laughs> And I just accepted, I've got to do my French accent. It's Okay, so I say, not met. So that you see, I'm still working on it, but I honor all names because people struggle with my name mm. all the time. You know, if you're not French speaking, you're going to be like, what? So I really work very hard. And of course I stumble and I trip and I fall on my face. But yes, I appreciate you complimenting me like that. I really appreciate it because <laughs> I worked on it. I really did. <laughs> yeah. And Karakama is about celebrating us, Caribbean mm. people. Mm. Mm. So what's the, where, 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 what's the origin? Is it? Uh... I don't say it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Forget and the you question. know why? And you know why I don't say it because okay. I wanted the word to be something just for Guadeloupian people. Good. Okay. So when okay. they hear it, they know mm-hmm, she's from Guadeloupe. Okay. And then I wanted people to go to Google the word "caucara" to see what it means. Caucara. Yes. Okay. 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 I will look up "caucara." Yes. Okay. And but put that incentive on your webcast. Look it up. Because we're just like, is that her, her family name? Is that her <laughs> friend's name? But it does create a question. What is that? Yes. And the last reason why I don't say it is because I want people to have their own meaning, to have their own definition of what Karukerama means. So okay. I realized that for English speakers, usually manage to find a connection to a word they know, Like um, it was author Kelly, Kelly Browning. She wrote The Girl with Her Hazard Eyes and The Vanishing Girls. And she's from Barbados and mm. she's amazing. And mm. I love her books and her writing. And um, she said it reminded her of the word kadument. Kadument. I, I don't know how you pronounce that. And you know, it's uh, during the carnival. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a time to celebrate. And I was, yeah, that's, that's what it's about. It's celebration. So even if you don't know exactly what it means, you feel what it means. And that's, that's why I don't say what it means. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I honor your choice. Well, I honor your choice. Well, thank you so much, Magali. It was really an honor to have you as my first guest ever. Oh, and, thank and you. I, and I think, well, now that I, I finally did it, 
I, I think I will try to get more interviews and then I will make you come back to talk about your career because okay. today was about the festival but you had an amazing career like when I listened to you Aliga, you, you said you were a teacher and I, I listened to some of your interviews you went to Yale and you said you worked on black people but in the UK so that's a lot that's a lot that's <laughs> that's what Haitian people do you do a lot <laughs> <laughs> and it's like when when uh, okay it's we see if we're going to celebrate the Caribbean we need to celebrate everyone in the Caribbean <laughs> but I think you know What I am grateful for is that Haitian people honor themselves. Mm. We don't need people to honor us. We yeah. know how blessed and amazing we are. And in terms of seeing content that celebrates the wonders of the Haitian people, one of our panelists, Patricia Jean, mm -hmm. She's the founder of Cinema Mobile Haiti. And if you go on Cinema Mobile, that's C-I-N-E-A, I'm sorry, C-I-N-E-M-A-M-O-B-I-L-E Haiti.com, you'll see the short films that the members of her community have produced. And they're amazing pieces that give you insight into the narrative that is not being portrayed by mass media, mm. okay? You have to remember that this narrative that's being portrayed by the news is a narrative that we're not creating. Mm. And the films that are being shot in our nation by outsiders is not the narrative that we are creating. So I love the fact that Cinema Mobile IET is empowering young indie filmmakers to use their, their smartphones to shoot films, to tell stories. They have a film festival bringing the outside world in to see the world from the viewpoint of the people of Haiti, not people coming in and judging, putting judgmental lenses on us. And, and she's doing something huge because these are low budget projects, which was beyond the purview of what is possible. And these projects are intimate and genuine and coming from the younger emerging film artists. So um, I appreciate what you said about how the world seems to not recognize the blessing of who we are mm -hmm. and the instances that are occurring politically seem to put a cloud on the magnificence of the people. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where the artist's job becomes all the more important, right? right? The artist's job is to put a lens on the truth from their perspective. And if you are telling the, the truth of your story, of your people, then you change the narrative. And more, I, that's what I want, more and more films that are being told by the people. Yes. yes. Thank you, Observer, for telling stories. But when the people tell the story that is truth 
on a whole other level that comes from the core, it comes from ancestors, it comes from history lessons. So, yes. Yes. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, see you next year, I guess. See you sooner than next year. I want to see you sooner than next year. But yeah, <laughs> but as far as the film festival, see you next year. We are ramping up now to prepare for next year. Yeah, that's great. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can catch up on previous episodes and read more film reviews, book reviews, music reviews on caracalamon.com. Make sure to subscribe to my newsletter and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at caracalamon. You can give Caro Caramon five stars on Apple Podcast if you want the podcast to get more visibility. See you à dans d'autres soleils. Ciao, Bered. <laughs>